Hello and welcome to the first Discovery Duathlon podcast. I'm Brett Haggard. Thanks for joining us. Today, uh, we're going to be chatting about what a duathlon is, uh, speaking a little bit about the route, and maybe giving you some training tips if you're thinking of uh, doing the Discovery Duathlon, which is taking place on the 25th of October, 2015. Let's start it off with a man that's got all of the information, Gary Marish from World Sport. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for having us up. Excellent. So um, let's dive straight into it. In terms of distance, you guys have got a couple of different distances there, a super sprint, a sprint, and a standard distance duathlon. Um, I take it you want to make this really accessible to, to your average, uh, you know, zero right up to your hero, right? Absolutely. I think one of, our, one of our key objectives, you know, when we're putting on and hosting events is to try and eliminate as many barriers to entry as possible. And, you know, you want to, you want to provide platforms of engagement that uh, is appealing and challenging to elites all the way through to, you know, the athletes that uh, are very inactive, let's call Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So the couch potatoes. So, so we've got, um, you know, multiple events. There's three different ones, varying from a very short distance, a 2.5 kilometer. Well, let's actually go first into what is what is a duathlon. Yes, um, you know, it's a, a duathlon is a is uh, an event that comprises of three disciplines, which is a run, then a cycle, and then a run again. And then your three different distances there is your super sprint, and that's the very short. It's a 2.5-kilometer run followed by a 12-kilometer cycle followed by another 2.5-kilometer run. Okay. And then we have a slightly longer one, which is the, the, the sprint distance, and that's a 5-kilometer run followed by a 20-kilometer bike, followed by another 2.5-kilometer run. Okay. And then the nice challenging one is the, uh, is the standard distant event, which is a 10K run, followed by the 40-kilometer cycle and a 5-kilometer run thereafter. I can't figure out whether it's going to be super sprint or sprint that's going to get them the most attention. What do you think? Quite interesting. Um, you know, I also, I, I also kind of back the middle, the middle ground one, yeah. you know, the, uh, the, the sprint. The super sprint almost looks quite easy, right? It looks quite easy. Um, how, however, at uh, you know watching the entries, the standard distant event at the moment is absolutely soaring. Oh wow! Okay. So, and I think that's also you know it's it's kind of it's getting out to you know the clubs, the uh, communities that are that are already active, and I think uh, with duathlon being quite an unknown sport, you know there's a lot more kind of information and, and education that needs to be um, kind of pushed out to, to the general um, public just in terms of how doable the sport is. Okay, cool. I noticed also that there's there's quite a huge emphasis on there being a, a team entry as well, which I think is quite a nice dynamic. And you guys have got entry there for, for either two athletes or three, three athletes to compete, which I think is kind of cool. Um, tell me a bit more about your team meet and greet area because I found that to be a really, really nice idea. Yeah, I think in you know in most of the uh, you know whether it's a triathlon or a duathlon with uh, with within the team competition, ordinarily your athlete performing the last discipline, we call it takes all the honors. You know, yes, they, they come in for their final. They the photo up, right? They the photo up. They go through the, the 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 finish line or the finish gantry, and and the pictures are there, the cameras are there, etc. Sure. And um, and what we've done is we've created approximately 250 to 300 meters out we've created a a team meet and greet area so any teams that are participating in you know teams of two or three the other two 
um, team members go down and they meet their, their runner who is doing the final leg. Great. And together... All three of them, or all two of them, run up the last uh, 250 meters. We've got a beautiful blue carpet, uh, you know, f- on, on the finish line. So they all come through the finish gantry and enjoy the, 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 the uh, year. I think it'll make together. for a really nice photo op, but I think it's a really nice inclusive element, and it's going to actually make the team side of things a lot more attractive for a lot of people. Absolutely. So that's really nice. I wanted to chat to you about waves. How are the waves going to work? You guys are obviously not going to send all of the athletes off in one go. Um, are, are they, you know, graded according to age, et cetera, et cetera? And have you got, still got multiple waves per event? We do have multiple waves. And, um, and I think, you know, creating the waves again, you know, and, and you alluded to it, you know, having, having 500 or 1,000 on the start line is just, number one, too daunting. Sure. And number two will create uh, havoc in the, in the transition zones. So your waves are split, um, first of all, by gender. So we, we uh, it's first by first by gender and then by age categories and right. we work in five five year increments. And what so is the separation between waves in terms of the time? That is that is determined closer to the um, closer to the event. So okay. we take total entries by race distance. All right. And then and then what we do is we do very careful calculations in terms of what are the load capacities based on what on the route. Okay. So so your waves, you know, they could be five minute uh, five minute splits, they could be all the way up to ten to twelve minute splits. Okay. Interesting. Um, I notice as well that um, you know the one major change here normally in a multi sport event, and I know this is the case uh, you know, when you're doing a triathlon and uh, you're doing multiple laps of stuff, you normally get a little wristband or a little, uh, you know, el- elastic that you have to pop on your arm to indicate how many how many laps you've done. Yet, I've always found it ironic that they never do that for the cycle, right? The cycle, yes. you never need to do that, but for the run, they somehow, you know, insist on you doing that. You guys are not doing that for either of them this time. You're kind of relying on an honor system, right? Correct. You know, both in... Uh in the ITU Discovery World Triathlon that we that we put on and stage in, in Cape Town and yes. up here, we opt not to um, from a safety perspective. Um, the reality is you just there is no system that you can hand out a armband or a counter or anything like that on you know for somebody who is who's on the cycle. Yes. The risk is too big. So um, so what we do do is we gauge how many laps the athletes have done, right. but there is no system to to have in place in terms of of informing them how many has completed on each of those. So I suppose the philosophy is if you skip a lap, you're cheating yourself, right? You know, it's not really about that. It's about it's about you know personal achievement and knowing that you've done the distance correctly, Absolutely. right? And once you've crossed that finish line, you you go through the all important medal collections um, uh, table and station. Um, just after that, there's a a athlete um, bag collection so prior to your actual start to create um, some comfort for you after the event you drop off your race bag and inside that race bag you know you'll have your flip-flops your dry clothing your your wipe down towels etc and anything else that that will make you really comfortable sure um so that you would then collect and moving through there then there's the drinks the drinks tables recovery eats etc and then vitality for all the vitality members as well as the first 200 um, corporate team entries, yes. get a wristband ga- giving them access into the all-important uh, complementary massages. And right. again, Vitality, as they do at the Cape Town event, stage the most amazing um, massage facility. It's, it's beautifully done. And, of course, after your event, uh, there's, there's nothing like a spoil of a, of a rub down. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Lastly, I wanted to speak about Quebec as a, as a partner in a charity that you guys are doing stuff for. There's obviously a fair number of options um, for, uh, for corporates, um, and uh, there's, there's uh, corporate packages that companies can take either to bring customers or employees along, and there's options for them to donate as part of their fee um, or, or their entrance um, a, a Quebec buffalo, which I think is really, really cool, and I, you know, I really like those options. What can the everyday man in the street do to do something for a charity like Quebeca um, in connection with uh, Duathlon? Yeah, I think uh, the Quebeca um, partnership with the city of, of Joburg is is a fantastic uh, initiative, and it's all around you know raising one million rands worth of bicycles for their bike to school program, yes. and it's enabling you know um, uh, school school people children to get to their schools via via bicycle. Um, so in terms of of donations at point of entry on the online, and it'll also be available at the race registration, um, you can donate an amount uh, equivalent to either 30 rand, 50 rand or 100 rand to um, to your parking bay which has been provided by Discovery. So Discovery have donated all 1400 parking bays at their at their buildings which are in very very close proximity to the uh, to the race village. So if you want to be part of it, go online and just buy your parking bay. What makes a duathlon so different from a triathlon. I mean, you guys have done both now, or you guys are, are you know, are, are used to working on both of these events. What makes organising a duathlon so different from a triathlon? Are they very similar? I think the big thing is, um, you know, the duathlon, in terms of its appeal, takes out probably your biggest barrier to entry, which is the swim. Okay. And the swim is incredibly daunting for the average average Joseph. You know, if, yes. you, if you're not a swimmer, you don't know how to swim or actually just standing on the start line with 150 or 200 other people and you can't see what's at the bottom of the water. Um, you know, it's, it's hell of a daunting. Sure. So in terms of um, participation, the run cycle run two disciplines it's very natural um you know disciplines to participate in is is a is a easier consideration okay and from a race organization perspective our biggest our biggest risks in organizing triathlon lies with the lies in the water wow okay so once you once you're eliminating that you're you're eliminating a massive risk factor in the right. in the event itself is there anything that makes um you know, running a duathlon a little bit more difficult, I suppose, managing two run legs. It's a run on either side of a cycle. There must be a bit of a challenge, you know, getting that right. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is is if you haven't done a, a multi-sport event before and gone through the transition zone, Yes, I think probably that's the most uh, kind of daunting because, you know, you go through... I don't know what it is. I mean, you, you put the, your race, race clothing on and, and you enter this transition zone and you actually don't know where you put your bicycle. So yeah. just bearing in mind that there's a couple hundred bicycles in the same area. Yes, sure. And uh, and then also just getting used to the fact of, you know, running from going from one discipline into the other. So once you've completed a a, a run is how the leg's feeling when you get onto the bicycle. Yes. And again, once you've completed your, your cycle, how the, legs are, uh, how, the, how the leg's feeling into the, uh, the first kilometer of your run. Okay, cool. How many people are you ultimately expecting? I mean, what, what do you think 
If you have to, you know, if you're a betting man, what would you bet on right now in terms of entries across all of all three of the events? I, I would uh, I would go with around three thousand, three thousand two hundred. It's a decent size it's event. A decent size. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that's even more incentive for you to enter. Of course, you can find out all of the details at uh, discoveryduathlon.com. Gary from World Sport, thanks for joining us, and uh, best of luck for the day. Thank you. Be Cheers. wonderful. Joining us now to give us some training tips is Mr. Steve Atwell from Embark. Steve, tell me a bit about Embark. You guys specialize in training people in multi-sports, yes? That's right, yeah. The, the three disciplines of triathlon, swim, bike, and run. And obviously the emphasis and the specificness is about actually triathlon itself. Getting beginners into sport, guys who have never done the sport before, or guys that have come, say, from a cycling background or a running background, had kids, you know, settled down a little bit, now want to get back into the sport again. It's uh, based very much like upon the social side of training and more of the fun side of training, but there's a very serious element of the training and a very progressive program that they follow for specific events. So we concentrate on the beginners getting through their first triathlon. Yes. We look at more of uh, more of a guys who have a certain level going on to do half Ironman and then eventually to go on to full Ironman once they've done a couple of seasons of triathlon. All right, cool. And um, you're seeing the interest increase... Yeah, I think there's like many reasons why it has become the health and fitness side and the promotion of healthy and fit is definitely a huge aspect of it. And then more races coming on and there's just been more um, exposure about uh, doing mountain biking, for example, You yes. know, doing the road bikes, the big races like the August and the 94.7 here. Those big races are guys that can just take the bike you know, out the shed for the day and sure. actually go and ride it. So and I think once they've done that, they get a little bit more into it. They enjoy it a little bit more. There are options now to train, you know, to go into the virtual and actives and training in a little bit of a safer environment as well. Sure. I think all those factors are increasing to the numbers drastically exploding in South Africa. There's always room for improvement, no matter how good you are, and you really find age groupers that are good at all three there's always one that they're not good at and that's actually i think what keeps them coming back all right and the training is so diverse as well you know one day you bike one day you run the third day you're swimming and now you haven't run for a couple of days you're actually looking forward to running again so it gives you this balance and i think the cross training makes a huge impact on the amount you can train as well yes. so you can train every single day now because you're not just getting that impact of running all the time or you're not just getting the boredom of being in the pool every time you know it's more social so very different muscle groups you're exercising every single time absolutely right? yeah Oh, Although I've been told that biking and running use very similar muscle groups. I know, for example, if you are good at running, it doesn't really make much of an impact on your biking. But the guys who are biking, it has a, not a good impact on your running. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. But I find that a lot with my beginner guys as well. And I think maybe it's because they come from very untrained backgrounds as well. So they do have a good impact. And sure. also you can ride more, which helps me. I mean, I can, I'll always say to my athletes, you can ride more than what the program says, but never run more than the program says. Okay, because it's probably impact on, on impact joints and, the, and things and like the, that. Right? And the potential of just getting injured and increasing right. that volume so quickly. Okay. So somebody that is just starting out in this and maybe wants to tackle their super sprint here for the duathlon what kind of stuff should they be concentrating on at the moment should they be aiming in every single session that they're training to mix disciplines should they be keeping them separate or should they be maybe just mixing it once a week i think it depends how much you've got in in, 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 in an individual sport and how much experience you've got as well sure. but someone who's coming directly off the couch who's never run or never bite i think they've just got to set themselves a goal of finishing the event first of all sure and 
the biggest rule of thumb is just don't increase more than 10% every time you're doing something. So okay. you've got to do, you know, if you're running, so if you're only doing 20 minutes of exercise and half of that is running and half of that is walking, just increase that by 10% the next time you do the exercise and make sure you're giving yourself sufficient time to recover as well. So don't, for example, run for four days in a row. Run a day and take a day off. Run a okay. day, take a day off. And the same with biking. And then you'll start to feel that you're getting fitter and you can start to push those a little bit a little bit further as well. Right. It also depends how much time you've got. So yes. guys that are very unfit or have just decided to do it, which is great, I would say you've just got to ease into it and just don't set yourself a goal that you're going to be 10th in your age group or something. Rather set Absolutely. a goal as finishing and maybe you come back in a year's time and do it next year and then set yourself a goal when you actually know where your fitness is at. Cool. How important is nutrition in the major mix here? I mean, we've spoken a bit about training now, but how important is nutrition in prepping for an event, but at the same time, what you eat and what you take in from an energy perspective during the event? Absolutely essential. Um, it's something that you've got to practice as well. You can't rock up on the day and drink an energy drink or have a um, some sort of supplement that you've never tried before because there's a lot of things that go on in the race. You know, you're racing at a lot higher intensity or you're racing your mate from work or whatever it is and something like that can actually ruin your race if you're not practiced. So practice with something like that choose a choose an energy drink or a supplement that you want to that you want to use on race day and make sure that it actually and use it works in training right use it in training before yeah stay hydrated during the event don't change too much what you eat if you're having a balanced diet i think that's always fine and you know just seek advice from someone who's got more experience from you or perhaps go to a nutritionist or a dietitian just to get those just to make sure you actually are doing the right thing you know they say in triathlon there's four sports so one of them is is transition yeah. and getting that transition right is something that is is quite an art. Any advice for them in terms of how they get through that uh, that transition easily? Um, one thing is practice. You know, you've actually just got to go and <clears throat> lay your stuff out in the road or in a park or something, and put your shoes that you're going to run in on the second transition down by your bike, and leave your bike there and go for a run, and come in and actually practice those things. There's um, there's some nice literature on the Discovery website about you know getting through the whole of transition. So okay. you can actually go and have a look on that just to just so that you know like in your mind how to do it. But you have to go and apply that theory because on race day, you are you know suddenly these guys put on lycra and they start to race and they just forget everything you know they yes. run into transition they completely forget where their bike is or they run off with their bike without putting their helmet on and, and i was going to say the most important tip anybody's ever given me was just that don't touch your bike until you have your helmet on yes that's All right and don't helpful. touch your touch your bike after you've taken your helmet off in transition again because that's because that's a pretty big deal right very much so and i think it's very much so from a safety point of view Absolutely. by the time you've got all the runners coming into transition there's people running there's people on bikes and people are falling over because it's just a you know it's a excitement and such a buzz in transition which is awesome so from a safety point of view if you're touching your bike you've got to have your helmet on and i think that's just a golden rule with biking as it is you know it's easy to fall off the bike going at a slow sure. speed so just protect yourself and have the helmet on and listen to the marshals you know they'll if they if you touch your bike and you don't have the helmet they'll blow the whistle they'll ask you to put your helmet on just listen to them put your helmet on take okay, your bike and get off and just me. think of safety as a priority okay cool well, there you have it. Steve, thanks for hanging out and uh, having a bit of a chat with us. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to get in touch? Uh, so we're on Facebook at Embark Try, and our website address is uh, embark.co.za and we're on Twitter and Instagram as Embark Try as well. Wow, jeez. There you go. Company using social properly. Thanks for hanging out, man, cool. and, uh, and have a great day further. Great. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao, bye. So we've heard uh, some training tips. We've heard some uh, some stuff about the race. And um, let's talk about some of the equipment you might want to use if uh, if you're training for duathlon. Um, joining me now is uh, Tony Payne from Techno Gym. How's it, Tony? Hi. 
You guys uh, have some fantastic treadmills. I've been told about this new treadmill that's like a South African first. It's actually a world first. Um, oh, wow. Okay, there you yeah. go. A world and first. Just about to be corrected. In, in South Africa. All right. Uh, Technodrum, most people will know, is uh, a product that they, they would use at the at the best gyms. Yes. Uh, Virgin Active, uh, most of the states is Technodrum, so people will be quite familiar with the professional products. Um, and what Technodrum wanted to do is just to bring a, a technology to, to also the to consumer. And this is why they've launched the the, the Technodrome My Run. And uh, what what you have here, is, which is completely unique, is a, a product now linking through technology through an iPad, oh, wow. which, which, which talks directly to the treadmill. You have a treadmill which is now not only looking at your speed and uh, elevation and distance, etc., but also is analyzing your actual running style. Oh, so wow. the treadmill has some unique features. The first one is it looks at your cadence, so okay. the, the running, the step frequency. Your RPMs, you essentially, exactly. your steps per minute. Step there frequency, we go. As well as your uh, stride length. Okay. And your vertical displacement. All right. And it looks at all of those together and actually gives you then a, a qualitative, let's uh, say, figure, which is called your running rate, which all looks right. at how efficient you are in terms of running. So that's quite unique. The the tagline is to improve your run. Fantastic. And, uh, so it's the first treadmill really that can, can coach you, so to speak, from the treadmill, just looking at how you run and making you run better. And then there's also quite a nice, uh, cool feature because obviously when you're running, you want to uh, find that you can like relax, be engaged as much as possible. So they, they also launched a nice feature, which is called Run to Your Music. All right. So because you're using your iPad, often your, your music library is on there, your iTunes library is on there. As you're running, it picks songs that have the same right run run frequency as the beat frequency to your run rate. Fantastic. So if you run a little bit faster, it'll pick up from faster tunes. If you run a little bit slower, it, it'll, it'll go to slower songs. So when's that product launching? We're launching it now. We're actually, um, looking to launch it with uh, with Discovery to, to their members uh, with a special rate. Um, it does also have some information, so it's quite nice. The uh, When you're using the product, you connect to a profile in the cloud services, the Technic Wellness Cloud, which logs and records all your workouts. And also you can put, uh, pick uh, specific events and the, the treadmill will actually download the programs and give you coaching programs of exactly what to do, which you then just drive live from the, from, from the interface. Yeah. Got to try it out. That sounds fantastic. Of course, the other product is the Watt Bike, right? And all of my cycling friends are raving about the Watt Bike. Everybody just keeps on saying, if you're at all competitive or you at all enjoy cycling or you're training for any event, you want to use a Watt Bike because it A has the ability to be set up exactly like your your road bike in terms of every single possible variable for your bike fit. But secondly, right, there's stuff that you can do with this bike in terms of resistances and simulating real road conditions that you can't do with a regular bike, right? Correct. So I like to think that there's two hero features really about the Watt bike and that it has it's been an incredible product to see how the South African market has really just taken it on. Um, we've had everything right now. We've had it, uh, eight bikes at the Springboks for their training camp. We've got nice. two on tour with them permanently. Cyclists, triathletes, uh, the cricket guys are using them. And it's just really been amazing. But the two key features are, one, um, when the bike was developed with British Cycling, they spent eight years developing it. And five of them were just on the ride feel. So it really wow. has that same ride feeling inertia that you'd have on riding a bike, which you don't get from a lot of trainers. It's pretty remarkable. And the second one is that the bike is measuring watts, the power output, incredibly accurately. So it gives the cyclist or the athlete um, an, a huge amount of information about how to train absolutely specifically to their ability. All right. So what we see is that it's measuring watts 100 times per second. And you're seeing that completely around the pedal stroke. So the bike will actually also show you the, what we call the polar view, which is a, a graphic representation of how efficient you are in 
developing your power around the pedal stroke. Okay. Now, in cycling, we always talked about things like pedaling squares, where people yes. just stamp on the pedals and, and pedal badly, and that lose a huge part of the actual like the, the cycle to generate efficiency, power. right? Efficiency, yeah. exactly. So it was always an invisible skill that we talked about, like you know, you need to pedal circles and you need to pull, and people try, try to work it out in their minds, but they could never see what that looked like. Yes. So the watt bike shows you that, and uh, it gives you the ability to actually improve your efficiency whilst also using this perfect resistance and the way that the bike uses to to train. So it's about riding smarter, not harder. Absolutely, and the good point, you know, riding is one of those things that you you have to get out for an hour or two, maybe three, to get the benefit. Yes. Not always easy with traffic, you know, you've got to get up really early. So what we're seeing is a lot of guys on an indoor trainer like the WAP bike, one hour on the WAP bike is like two hours on the road. So the guys are doing two or three sessions a week on the bikes. They can do that before work, after work, even like in lunch breaks. And then on the weekend when they've got the time to go out to a safe area, they can go and train with their mates and, and, and be outdoors. There you have it. If you, if you want to train for a duathlon and a variety of other things coming up, you're going to have to get yourselves one of these uh, fantastic new uh, Techno Gym treadmills. What's it called, out of interest? The Myron Techno Gym. Myron Techno Gym, there you go. And, of course, the Watt Bike, which, if you're at all a cyclist, will need no introduction. Tony, thanks for joining us and shot for your insight. Thank you very much. For more tips, tricks and general advice about multi-sports and further detail on the Discovery Duathlon coming up on the 25th of October, catch the Discovery Duathlon podcast every week. You can find it at discoveryduathlon.com or by searching for Discovery Duathlon podcast on iTunes. 